can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my lovely co-host, Jane Beth Hammer. Um, And I know you're probably wondering, how can I keep in touch with you two and keep abreast of what's going on in the Movies We Missed universe? And look no further. You can follow us at Instagram and on Facebook at Movies We Missed. And you can also find us twitting away over on Twitter at MWM Chat. So, yeah. Hey, Janie, how are you doing? Hi, good. I'm so glad that you're encouraging people to keep in touch with me, your co-host, Jane Beth. Yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with Beth? There's nothing wrong with Beth. Just not my name, and I'm just wondering where it came from. Lots of Beths out there. Lots of Beths out there. Lots of Beths. And I love a good amount of Good, hard-working people. I love a good Beth. you know, maybe take a second, check yourself a little bit. I am not. How dare you position me to be shading all Beths when I, I there are many Beths in my life. Act like it then, you know. <laughs> many Beths, many, 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 many Beths. Is that a song? No, it's a uh, 50 Cent, Mini Men. Yeah. Well, since you were singing it like you were in the Chicago Gay Men's Chorus, it didn't quite. I wasn't. You just didn't get it because you don't keep track of what's going on with Fiddy. Clearly. (laughs) Do you keep in? Do you keep in touch with Fiddy? Enough, enough to know the hits. (laughs) Know the ones that charted. Yeah. Um, I would love to know what's going on with you this week, but I also kind of don't care because I'm so eager to talk about this movie because. Normally, throughout the week, Brandon and I will... Look, we've seen each other, but, like, since I have watched this movie, we have not spoken to each other. And I am, like, I'm just already cracking the fuck up. Like, what did you give me to watch? First of all, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I will say, the first time that I finished watching it, the thing that I turned to Tara and I said, I was like, this is as unhinged as Troll 2, but the difference is that this has, and I'm using this very, very loosely, like a storyline that you can follow. It it, uh, it it gets yeah, it, it it gets into some some um some interesting territory where we we wonder you know if the you know the uh, inmates are running the asylum. Um, it seems to have been points where you would like things could have been reined in or simplified, and they so decided many against it. They were like, um, I'm wondering how did you ever discover this movie? Did you watch this when you were a kid? So I discovered this movie actually. Actually, I discovered this movie fairly recently. <laughs> I knew um, it. I knew it. 
I, okay, so I discovered this movie before I was going to have you watch it. Mm. And I discovered it because I was on this really big Liza Minnelli rabbit hole. And I was just, fa- I'm just fascinated by Liza Minnelli as a person. And like, I was in this rabbit hole and then I kept seeing people mention uh, Rin a Cop. And I was like, okay, Rin a Cop. And then I sort of like, it was in the back of my head. And then I was completely can apropos. I, yeah. Can I jump in and ask yeah. you real quick, who are these quote people and where are they quote mentioning Ren Cop because I, well, no, I feel like we run in similar circles. No, no, no. And this is all new to me. Hold on. No, I was I was honestly I was on like I was on Liza Minnelli's um I was on Liza Minnelli's like Wikipedia and I was just sort of like looking through and I was thinking about Liza Minnelli and how you know and how great she is. So that's how it started. And I saw Renicop and I saw Burt Reynolds and I thought, Burt Reynolds and Liza Minnelli, huh? And then um and then I was looking up a Burt Reynolds Liza Minnelli movie and then I kept being getting led to Lucky Lady, which was a nineteen seventy five movie, the first movie mm. they did together. Um and it was the two of them and Gene Hackman. And it's her with like the blonde like flapper flapper kind of like uh curls. And so I was like, no, I was like, it's another movie though. It's an eighties film. And then I completely separate from this, I was on another blog, like a movie blog, and in the comments, someone had made a comment about Renacop. Somebody made a comment about it. I don't remember what it was in reference to, but they were like, oh my God, this, like, the camp classic Renacop, Liza Minnelli, uh, Liza Minnelli is like uh, a high priced call girl. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I saw, and I saw the year, and I was like, huh? Because I was like, the numbers aren't adding up for me. Um, <laughs> and so the then numbers? Like, what we'll like, find is that the numbers <laughs> consistently don't add up. Well, because I was like, well, Liza Minnelli would have been like in her 40s at that point. I don't... <laughs> high price call girl. Okay. So then I went like looking... Not that not that you can't be a high price call girl in your 40s. How dare you? Um, and no offense, Jane. But yeah, but then I... <laughs> But then I was like, I am famously oh, in my thirties. This happened. This occurred, and so that's what it was. It was a the blog that I was on. It was like you know, like delisted. It was one of those like snarky gay blogs, and it wasn't about mm-hmm. that. It was about movies. But somebody in the comments made a comment about this movie, and I was like, Renacop. And that was the second time I'd seen it, and I was like, Where did I see that? And then I remembered it was in her IMDb, and I was like, I gotta look this movie up. And then I looked wow. it up, and I was okay. like, This is happening. <laughs> <laughs> it was a movie. As I read the synopsis of it, I was like, "This is like tailor made for me." Like, however, I'm I upset with myself that I hadn't seen it. I well, obviously, I didn't read the synopsis, but like from moment one, you know, I was I, I was in it. Of course, I mean, you knew I would be. I mean, this is this is the kind of gift that is delivered to me from you that is so special <laughs> because, like, I could I could. I, I would have gone my whole life never, ever pressing play on this movie, probably never even seeing it or coming across it. And I do feel like it is so important that I have watched this film. And I I would love, before we get started, before we do the synopsis, I would love for you to just confirm one thing for me, because I... I I did no research for this movie. I mean, I usually do some. I usually, after I finish a movie that I we don't have to pretend. I usually (laughs) usually. So what's the question that you want me to confirm? So my question for you is: Is this a made-for-TV movie, or was this released in theaters? No, 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 Mama. This was a (laughs) this was a box office giant, and not the home box office either. Don't get twisted. (laughs) 
This movie was in Brazil. It was in Germany. It was actually what? mostly shot in Italy, even though it takes place what? in Chicago. I don't know why. That's okay. That's crazy to me. But okay, before we let's just get your synopsis out of the way so we can get rolling with this. All right. Let me go. Okay. A grizzled career cop and a high-priced call girl with a heart of gold. What could they possibly have in common? Well, for starters, they both witnessed the murder of roughly 35 cops. Tony Church and his team of narcotics agents are completing a bust when a masked intruder shows up and massacres the entire Chicago Police Department. The murderer takes the working girl, Della Roberts, as a reluctant hostage, but she wriggles away at the last minute and into the arms of Tony Church. Too bad the killer is determined to track her down since she saw his face. Church ends up getting fired from the force for his negligence in the massacre, and Della finds herself on the run from the masked murderer hell-bent on finishing what he started. Della's gonna need help getting out of this pickle. Well, perhaps she can find a friend in disgraced cop, Tony Church, since they've both had their lives turned upside down by the helmet-wearing murderer. Well, turns out Church wants nothing to do with Della. He thinks that she's bad luck since things go awry whenever she fossies into the room. Will these two figure out how to survive together and defeat the masked murderer who goes by the name of Dancer? Or will they let their differences divide them? Well, it's an 80s romantic comedy thriller starring Burt Reynolds and Liza Minnelli, so I think we all know the answer. Oh, so good. I was that do... was that a was that good? That synopsis was that tight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get everything in there. <laughs> you know, a lot going on. There was a and lot, yeah. At the same yeah. time, not that much going on, you know. <laughs> it's a lot and nothing. Yeah. There's like little moving well, parts pack... that can sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it is only an hour and 25 minutes, which I appreciate it because I think any longer this would have been tough to watch, but How dare it was you? Really, really the perfect the perfect perfect um runtime for a movie like this. Um So I, I mean, let's just get started. Should we just jump in? Let's dive in, girl. Okay. So right off the bat, like when the movie starts, there's this long shot of like the Chicago cityscape at night. And (laughs) the first thing Tara said to me was, you can get a better shot on an iPhone. (laughs) It's just so shady. (laughs) It's so true. Also, we were at first, we were like, is this Chicago? Because... We obviously live in the city of Chicago, but like it was 1987, so things had changed a lot. But it was fun to see our our city in all its glory. But apparently, it was like shot mostly in Italy, so yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what parts were shot where, but I just saw that the bulk of it was shot there. It seems like they definitely made it in for for some of those those shots to take place on looks like Lower Wacker at one point, maybe. Um, I well, I think they were in Lower Michigan. I don't know if I remember seeing them in Lower Wacker at any point, but okay. um, they were they were all around. I mean, mostly downtown, really. But yeah, they were really focused on the downtown area. They really went yeah, all in there. They did. Um, it was fun, but it's like just it's fun to see movies set in Chicago because always like, I love yeah. seeing movies in the eighties and the nineties. Like mm-hmm. I love watching The Fugitive partly because I love all of those like quintessential Chicago. I've never seen the fugitive. You've never seen the fugitive. Dave just screamed. <laughs> I feel like I've told you guys this, this before, but I guess not. Oh, it's a great one. Yeah. Um, 
And so the first thing that we get to is like, <laughs> we have Liza. She's walking down the street. We can, there's cops preparing for an undercover, like, um, like a sting, a bust. Like a sting operation to like bust these like drug guys at the, I think it was called the Blanford Hotel, which. Yeah truly does not exist um but when i first saw liza and i was like what's going on with her because she's wearing an outfit that is just so very liza and then it was later revealed that she's supposed to be a sex worker a lady of the night um a high-end hooker i think if she calls herself at one point in the movie and it's like in what world in 1987 is a sex worker like a high-end escort wearing what she's wearing and for those of you who don't know she's wearing this like absolutely like quintessential liza like red sparkly number those gams are out because they i think they're con- contractually obligated to always be out and she's wearing like a fur scarf <laughs> it's just like I- i've never seen <laughs> it's it's like it's I, I said to dave i was like this is clearly one of those cases of like a situation where like a star has come onto a movie and she has had a very heavy hand in like what she's going to be wearing in the film. At one hundred percent, these are from the personal wardrobe of Liza Minnelli. You cannot tell me otherwise. Yeah, like this outfit is like it's it's this red like sequin. Like I don't. What do you call these three pieces? It's like it's you have, like, like a almost, set. It's like a set. It's like it's like a camisole almost underneath. Yeah, it's like a it's like a skirt and then like a flowy top that is the. Exact same fabric as yeah. the skirt, and then like what I believe to be a jacket that has like these sort of geometric like rhinestones on it. It's actually a really fucking fantastic jacket. I would love to have it and like repurpose it, but it's, it's like, um, but it's quintessential, like it's quintessential Liza Minnelli. Like it absolutely. is an outfit that like I feel like Liza would wear to go shopping at like New Yorkers oh. or Saks, and like she looks exactly like Liza Minnelli. Also, right. but it's also one of those things where it's like you're not getting a Nicole Kidman in the hours moment here. Like <laughs> we're not transforming. I'm a movie star. It's 1987, and you're gonna get me as a you're gonna get Liza as a as a call girl. You're gonna get Liza as like a mom on the PTA. Whatever you you like, you're not getting. We're not no. getting that type of performance from from Miss Minnelli. She <laughs> no. knows what they're here for. She knows what the kids want. She's Liza's like, gonna be Liza and the, giving them the razzle dazzle. I always have, <laughs> and she does. And and the thing that I was like, okay, what is the weather like where she's wearing a first a white fur scarf and no jacket? Like I can't imagine because <laughs> like it's clearly Chicago winter. And for those of you who are not in Chicago, it's fucking cold. You can't just walk around without a coat on. <laughs> Which like, is so interesting because she wears that fur coat for literally the rest of the movie. So it's so exactly. funny she doesn't have it in this scene. But I feel like maybe Liza was like, like the director was like, we should put the coat. She's like, then I won't be able to see my red outfit. <laughs> Gotta get a shot of the whole thing. But she huh? does. Like, but like, I mean, just to play Devi's ad, like she could have walked into the hotel, removed the fur coat and revealed the outfit because we see her several times in the hotel. So it's like, but I do think they wanted us to like, I feel like 
it's like that shot of like late quote unquote ladies of the night or like what people thought like sex workers did in the 80s which is like walk down the street in various states of undress and so they wanted to be like this is the whole thing you can hear the high heels click on the sidewalk and she's going to meet a client but it's like she's also dressed like Liza Minnelli so like I would just be like oh there's Liza Minnelli on the street like what else not, could you think not also, a sex worker on a side note earlier you just said just to play Debbie's ad and I just wanted to note that like I feel like that is like Debbie's I feel like Debbie's advocate is like the name of like an NBC procedural about like starring like Kira Cedric as like this like really like this brow beaten social worker who ends up taking yes. in like this like you know like I don't know like whatever you know the like Elle Fanning or something like one of those young waifish white girls yeah she takes her into her home and her and her supervisor's like are you kidding me you're supposed to be reporting on the stories not living them <laughs> and like you know she's like the kid needs a home and it's like oh and her name is Debbie the kid's name is Debbie but I feel of like course. it's like yeah Debbie's yeah Elle Fanning's way too old we need like a 12 year old yeah but, uh, I feel Debbie's like Debbie's advocate yeah like definitely she's like bringing a lot of heat to Kira Cedric's life and we're gonna and we're there to witness it and see how that plays out for her and how it's um changing her to live with someone again maybe her backstory is that like she's gone through like a very messy divorce and she's just like um set in her ways she's a social worker she wants to help people but like she is not like you know she's she's hardened and she's seen so much and she's been through so much and so Debbie is gonna like bring bring a little of what <laughs> Kira Cedric is bringing to other people to Kira Cedric if you know what I mean I feel like it's very that I feel like we get like I know we probably couldn't get her but I feel like we get almost like a we find out later that like Kira Cedric's like friend and roommate from like years earlier is actually Debbie's mom and like she died of like a drug <gasps> overdose or something and the kid oh got caught up in God. the system you know and there's Do you, moments does Kira know that though when she takes Debbie in Maybe she does, but she doesn't tell Debbie because later on there's a big a moment right. where she's like, "Well, season what one the finale, hell is this photo of you with my mother?" Exactly. That's she the season friend, one Debbie. finale. Is that reveal? Yeah. Where and like Kira Cedric has always known, and she feels responsible for this kid because she loved her mother so much, but she doesn't have room in her life for this kid. Yeah, that or so she thinks, and then the kid ends up running away to like her like ne'er do well dad's house, who's played mm. by like a really like a, like a Leguizamo. I'm always trying to get him. in the Oh, house. I'm and always he's like, trying to get from my, Leguizamo. And she, and she just there's just a moment in the trailer where she's just like, I just want the girl. <laughs> I couldn't save her mother, but I'm saving her. <laughs> Debbie's my sorry. <laughs> It's like something like that. And then we all know, ooh, she's up for that Emmy consideration for sure. Oh my God, of course. Anyways, okay. nobody steal that. Trademark, 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 trademark. Trademark, all trademark. Debbie's advocate ours. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, very that. She's coming into the hotel. She's also like, her shoes, She's the pitter-patter of her feet is just like, is Liza wearing, is Liza wearing, wearing tap shoes? Um, she's, <laughs> I know. She's it's, so, it's so, well, also the thing that I think is so funny is there's such, um, there's such emphasis on the like clack of her heels the and yet clack. and yet like you can tell that like 
ninety percent of the dialogue is like ADR because <laughs> the sound oh. was so bad. Oh, for sure. And also, she's like, and also like Liza's like humming a tune as she's like walking into the hotel. It's just like <laughs> she's not like you're making no attempt to sell us the fantasy of like grit at all. <laughs> like so... you're wearing one of your costumes yeah. from the act, and you are. <laughs> You're here. You're doing Liza, and you're just you like, like, I'll make it work. You have, yeah, like smeared a thousand dollar face cream on your face every day since you were fifteen. So it's like, and it's also it's like hard. the Liza haircut, the Liza like a yes. mall. The, like it's all her. <laughs> the all the jewelry so that yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like you're just going to believe what I tell you, and it's like. Okay. <laughs> and she like shimmies into the hotel and like makes a quick joke with like the front desk clerk. And she's like, Oh yeah, she's like, I don't know what he wants. I'm gonna be what is she Helga the bitch goddess or something like that. Yeah. Like, I'll be Helga the I'll be Helga the bitch goddess if that's what he pleases. If he wants mommy or Helga the bitch whatever it is. And it's like and she 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 gets up there and you find out that he has a um he does have a mommy fetish, so it was on the menu. And but can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. As, and again, this is probably asking a lot for a movie like this, but don't you think as like a high-end um, sex worker with someone who clearly works with an agency, we find out later, you would have the information about what your client was into so you could be prepared? Yeah, unless unless it's the 80s, maybe he's too scared or too shy to say it over the phone. You know That's what I mean? That's true. I believe that. Um, and it wasn't too it, like so. Liza goes upstairs. This is so the police are preparing for this sort of sting operation in a neighboring um, hotel room. Liza gets the the hotel number on the piece of paper. It says it says either three thirty four or three thirty nine, but she's kind of having trouble making out the last digit. So she goes to room three thirty four. She knocks on the door. A gentleman answers the door by the name of <laughs> actor James Remar. Oh, didn't look up his name. I just gr- oh. wrote, OMG, that's Richard from Richard Sex, from and, Sex the and the City. Who had the, the most perfect the penis perfect ever. Dick. Yep, yes. the perfect dick. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, I wanted to make sure that we knew it was Richard with the perfect dick. Absolutely. Um, so uh, he opens the door and, and Liza's sort of like, you know, she thinks that maybe, it's so weird because she acts like maybe he's her client, but then also there's a level of familiarity when she goes in the room that kind of almost leads me to believe that they've met up before. So it's like... The client that she Yeah, meets? her actual client. I think it's for, I think it's the first time that you, she You meets. got first I, time? I, okay. I Because here's the thing that Liza Minnelli does in this movie, regardless, like she just walks up to people and talks to them like... like they they've known each other for years and i feel like that's probably eliza minnelli thing you know what well, i mean i agree with that and also later on in the movie when she's talking to church and he says how'd you meet the john and she says for the agency beth sent me over he wanted my type and so it's like clear that like this is like which is also like what's that type liza what what yeah what is man called into a high price escort service and was like can i get some like a brunette with like a sort of like a shaggy like with a spiky haircut that quite stab me in the eye if we get Um, too too lots of jewelry i want to wear lots of jewelry and i i want to make sure that she's got like at least a couple of sensible pantsuits if you could get her in palazzo pants before she gets over here so i can rip them off um i'd be really happy and i'm hoping a camisole is in the mix preferably bedazzled um and she's like i've got just what you're looking for 
somebody get Della on the phone. Um, so, yeah, so she goes to the wrong room. He answers the door. He's got this ominous, like, uh, you know, look on his face, and he slams the door, and then Liza's like, oh, I guess it must have been 339 I was supposed to get to. And so she shimmies down the hallway to room 339, and then she meets her actual client. And he's, like, this man in, like, these tops and bottom pajamas holding a teddy bear. And when Liza walks in the room, she says, hello, sweetheart, and you brought your teddy. And, and then she like launches her her sexual attack on him. Um, I think the thing is that we're supposed to believe is that she's really quick on her feet. You know? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, she's clearly like been doing this for a while. Um, yeah. Based on just how time works. Um, so. <laughs> well, she pro. did. You know, she did learn computers at some point she learned know? computers she also did some summer stock which she makes us aware of as well um but <laughs> of course. so 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 as this is happening she's in the room with the john after mistakenly going to the 334 room with the creepy guy then also burt reynolds is like in charge of this like task force that's like supposed to like they're sending one like undercover agent in to basically infiltrate like this drug bust that's going on in like room 333 at the hotel and these guys are cutting open bags of flour and tasting it and it's cocaine. So <laughs> I wrote, I, I was like, oh, they're absolutely just passing around bags of powdered sugar and tasting for sure. It. And like, and like tasting it. I always love in movies when people taste large quantities of drugs and then nod their head. And it just, yeah, they're like, mm-hmm, this, this is, is the it. thing, this is the one. And it's like, a, I don't know, I don't know a lot about um, hard drugs, but doesn't that mean that like you get like slightly fucked up if you taste I don't know it? if you get slightly fucked up if you taste, like if you just put like a dab of cocaine on your tongue to taste. Well, I know I people so. like put like cocaine on their gums to like numb their gums or whatever, but I guess that doesn't get you, fun. that doesn't get into your bloodstream. I've only seen, I've seen people fiendishly do that in movies. I've seen people grab <laughs> the baggie I've... and like rub the bag <laughs> along their gum line and they seem to really enjoy that. It seems I to take how... them to another level. How much this reveals that Brandon and I know nothing about drugs. <laughs> but I've, I've watched movies with, the, I've watched, watched stories laid out by the best of them and it appears that that's the case um so at the, yeah so what are you gonna say so sorry i you we were talking about how you were talking about how they like send that guy up or whatever yeah to, like they... with the money to like buy the drugs and then like he like knocks on the door and one of the things i like just like this moment made me feel like everybody in this fucking movie looks so suspicious like no one is doing anything with like any sort of like you know everyone has like a layer of like everyone's like constantly looking over their shoulders or like the way the guy's holding the bag is like this is obviously something very significant like guns or money well there's also the moment downstairs like before he goes in when he gets out of the the cop van and like there's all the police officers and then him and he's clearly the undercover agent and he like like i get that like being an undercover agent i can only imagine is one of the most nerve-wracking things but he looks so scared and it's like i wouldn't feel comfortable like sending him in because it's just like he he's like shaking and he's like oh he's like gonna retire soon and it's like i don't want to hear you saying that like before you go i need to know that you're like well, you're zone. holding two million dollars also why are we doing this right in front of the hotel but anyway uh, where he could clearly be made by like anybody who's just looking out the window maybe like waiting yeah. on the guy to get there um but he like heads upstairs and he's like trembling and he goes to room 333 which is like 
the room, so like Liza's going into the room she's now supposed to go into 339 and she glances over and she sees this undercover agent going into room 333. Um, and so he goes in and he's got all the money, the millions of dollars, I guess, to like, you know. It's $2 I guess million. Dollars. Yeah. It's $2 million to like seal this deal for all of this cocaine. And um, he gets in the room and then the guy who was in the room next to the, the, the room 334, the guy who um, Richard from Sex in the City, he bursts into the room with a helmet on. He's got a he's got a, a motorcycle helmet on. He throws a device into the room that like creates this really big flash and sort of blinds everybody for a second. And also, then he just say, lights like, up I the room. I feel like the helmet would really hinder your visibility. Like, if you're trying to, like, shoot people, it seems like it's a dark helmet. I mean, I guess, I don't know. That's actually, now that I'm saying that, I'm like, I've never ridden a motorcycle, but people who ride a motorcycle obviously need visibility, so maybe I'm wrong. But it's... What do you mean by hinder your visibility? Because it's a dark helmet, right? I feel like... I mean, I think he's wearing it because when the flash goes off, he needs to be able to shoot everybody. And it's going to blind everybody else. So they're all going to be at a disadvantage. And since he's got the protective helmet on, he can shoot everybody. And he's not going to be temporarily blinded by the flash that he has just... I thought he was doing that to, like cover his face and like not have the smoke oh i think that may yeah that may be like a part of it but i i think just given the fact that the first thing he does is throw that weird thing in the room and then it lights the room up and somebody goes i can't see and then he starts shooting the entire room i was Um, just like so i was so taken back by like how like i was just watching the scene i was like everything in this feels so fake like i can't necessarily put my finger on what it is it seems like everyone's reacting a little bit slowly than like they would in normal life or like a little bit more slowly or like it just feels like a big game of like cops and robbers like it doesn't look like anybody's been like properly trained on like how to hold a gun or like you know i will agree with that this would really look like so i so yeah you were absolutely right i also think it's funny that because like the cops so so the the undercover cop goes in then the room is swarmed by chicago police the chicago police department and then the guy who we find out his name is dancer he comes in the room our bad guy and he so he shoots the room up killing a a bunch of cops at one point somebody says around 30 cops died Um, okay so this is like so confusing too because well a about his name dancer i don't think we find that out until halfway through the movie uh, yeah adam booth is his, is his name but he goes by the sh- his name on the streets is dancer because he likes I know, to but dance we don't find that out until oh no yeah we don't find it out until later yeah and so like we uh, maybe that's like a choice by the writers or something like that but like i just didn't know what to fucking call him in the beginning of this but um yeah, I just thought that was funny. And then and then they say, like, 30 cops died, but then later it's downgraded to six? Yeah, they said that, yeah, because <laughs> they say that 30 cops died. Also, the guy at the front desk gets killed for some reason, which I don't know why. But his ass gets lit up. And I'm like, maybe, is it, maybe it's 30 people in general killed? Six maybe it's 30 cops? people in general. but uh, Fully unclear. Also, while this is going on, because there's two things happening. So there's this room where the drug bust is going down that is then rudely interrupted by, you know, our murderer. But while this is happening, Liza Minnelli is right down the hall. Adela Roberts um, entertaining a John. Um, she's now in like her baby, a, a negligee of some sort with garters. Mm-hmm. 
She's wearing, she's just removed the jacket from her fucking, like, skirt set. And she's wearing. And she took off her skirt as well. No, I think she's still wearing the skirt. No, Jane, she couldn't be because when she was coming in, we didn't see the guard. We didn't see her garters and her panties. All right, I'll give it to you. Yeah. We we don't see her panties. We do see her panties. We do. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're saying Liza Minnelli and panties in the same sentence. It's really upsetting. I know, right? I feel like Halston. Um, So so he comes in the room. um, he, He decides for some reason, I guess in the murderer's mind, she saw me earlier. So I need to kill her too after he kills all the police. He goes down the hall, I'm assuming because she said, Oh, I must have I must have meant to go to 339. And then she goes to the hall. So he goes to room 339, shoots in the door. Like, Which like the thing is, he is wearing the helmet, so she would never know that it was him anyway. She would never put together that it was so it's like, why? Unless he unless he heard the police sirens outside and then thought, oh, I'm, I need a I need a hostage and like was just like I got to get somebody out of one of these rooms and remembered mm. that there was a defenseless woman in 339 but like it is it's like it's going out of his way to go into this room and get her like right. he shoots the door he kills the John that she's in the room entertaining <laughs> um, and by entertaining we mean the guys in the bed covered all the way up to his neck with sheets <laughs> and Liza's literally like shimming around the bed going Are you, you're not the, the big bad wolf are you and so it's like she she lifts up the corner of the blanket and she's like let me say a big big and then it like cuts oh she's yeah like trying oh to that's say right dick. she's like she yeah she's yeah it's full it's red riding hood is what it is she she's climbing around the bed he's the big bad wolf and she's saying things like oh what big hands you have what big teeth yeah. you have and then she pulls up the sheet and she goes oh and what a big and then they cut away because they can't even let us hear liza say cock um so well, you think they would have gone cock you don't think they would have gone dick Oh, maybe. What was the 80s? I don't know. Was dick more of a thing in the 80s? And I Kong? feel like dick was more of a thing in the 80s. But then she does say dick later in the movie. So that I, maybe they were like, you get one, Liza. And she's you like, get one damn dick. it. <laughs> this is like when I was with a mama. All the censoring. <laughs> um, but so they pull. So so he comes in. He grabs her. He pulls her out of the room. And this is the moment where Liza's like in front of him. And he's got a gun to her head. And, he, and the cops, like the one cop, Burt Reynolds, who is in the room, who survived is basically about to have a shoot-off with this shootout with this guy and Liza, he's using Liza as a protective shield, and then she shimmies away and in the arms of Burt Reynolds' cop, Tony Church. And I guess there's a moment where he almost gets her, but he doesn't get her. But also when the guy's carrying Liza out of the room and he's got the gun to her head, um Liza says to him, Please, I didn't do anything to you. And I just thought that was a really funny line like, to say to like a person who's like holding a gun. Near head. Like, it's like they don't care. Yeah, I don't deserve this. He's um, not. He's not gonna be like. You know what? You're right. I actually thought you fucked me, but since you've claimed that you didn't, I'm gonna let you take off. You're not the high price call girl I thought you were. I confused you with someone else. And she's just like, oh, well, it ends well. And she just saunters away. Um, but yeah, so Liza, so he tries to kill her. He doesn't succeed. Um, and then, like, after this also, like, the I mean, our guy, Tony, loses his job. Uh, like, well, let's fired. talk about this scene, because I have some things about this scene. I didn't have much to say about the shootout scene, because it was so chaotic. And yes. I was just like, this is a mess. I can't even pick this apart. But... 
So we cut to Tony Church, or as he's affectionately known by many people in this movie, Churchy, and which I don't know for some reason really bothers me that nickname. I really hated it. Um, and he's like, he's upset. He's at the precinct. He's talking about, you know, I lost my six friends and I'm pretty upset and the drug bust has gone haywire. And in walks the precinct commander who is dressed like a modern day pimp. I don't know if you noticed, but he's in a very nice suit and he literally has a hat with a feather in it. And I was like, okay, (laughs) you look like a fucking pimp. Um, He's trying to keep the press at bay. <laughs> He's trying to keep the rest at bay. That's right. They're all trying to clamor to get a statement from him. And he walks in and he's smiling. And it's very confusing. And it's very confusing because he's just lost six of his police officers. And when that he's reminded of that fact by Tony, first of all, not only has he lost six police officers, but like $2 million and like the plan like totally went up in shambles. And so he should be like looking more downtrodden, but he's literally smiling as he enters the room. And <laughs> Tony's like, you know, they're exchanging back and forth. And he says like, you know, I lost six of my friends in there. And <laughs> His boss's response, precinct precinct commander, goes, we've all had better days. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> who is in charge of writing this shit? Like, even in the 80s, when there wasn't a whole lot of process for this kind of thing, I'm sure a human being boss wouldn't say, we've all had better days to the death of six of his employees. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you, maybe you are wrong. Maybe it's like, because for him, it was very like, he's like, I lost six of my friends. And he's like, I had to put water in my cereal. <laughs> we both had some shitty things happen this morning. It's like, all right, guess those are can equal. I, can I just tell you something that's totally unrelated? The term water in your cereal always makes me think of John Tesh. Because like, it's so, so random. John, John Tesh from like Inside Edition? No, John Tesh, who was an entertainment reporter for um, Entertainment Tonight. Oh, that's what and... I meant. Sorry. <laughs> Don't say no. Like... You knew exactly. You knew that we were talking about the same person with that blonde, I'm, shaggy I'm... hair. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> this is what I. I wonder why you feel so defensive about this story when I'm just trying to get the information out. Properly. I feel defensive because I got the I got the damn name of this. I got the name of the show wrong. That's why I feel defensive, Jane. You didn't help me. You could have like. Tell my Led me to the bridge and helped me across. <laughs> no, he actually wasn't on that show, Brandon. He was on the southern, but instead you said no, not him. <laughs> Maybe there was another John Tesh. I don't know. Oh, the school of Jane. Right. <laughs> oh, the thing is. This isn't even such a stupid story, but I remember like a report, like someone like interviewing him in like the early nineties on um on Entertainment Tonight and he talked about how he puts water in his cereal in the morning and then they had, I'll never forget for somebody who's like burned into my mind, a picture of him holding a bowl of cornflakes underneath a water bubbler and pouring water in it and then eating it and I remember being like I don't respect you Why? I don't know What a choice 
It's so disgusting. That's Just eat so it nasty. dry, if anything. If you're not a milk guy, eat it dry. And that is... Jane said that I before. I guess my mom... <laughs> it did rhyme. I did like that. Uh, um, I don't like that. Um, that's gross. So, yes, seems something like a quirk that like a seven-year-old like has. You know what I mean? I know it's so weird. Um, it's so weird. Yeah. So, so the so him and the police chief are like going at it basically, and then the police chief like with no evidence at all. Oh, but okay. So Tony gets fired by by the chief, and then I also love because I, the, one of the things when they're fighting, one of the things the precinct commander says is. Um, You've always had a hair up your ass that I got here without being on the street. Let me tell you something, pal. The streets are overrated. <laughs> Which is like a line that makes zero sense, first of all. What is it the streets are overrated actually mean? I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell us that, like, they're trying to push forward the narrative that Burt Reynolds is, like, a street-hardened Chicago cop. But I will never believe it because he's wearing probably, like, a $1,500 wig and, like, is dressed in, like, probably his own clothes. I don't know. He does not look like a Chicago cop to me at all. He's also still, like, a very, like, he's, like, a very handsome, like, movie star still. Like, Burt Reynolds to me in this movie. Okay, Jane doesn't want to give him that. But there's something <laughs> about know, Burt Reynolds I'm, that I'm is sure inherently, is. like, Burt Reynolds is inherently a movie star. He's one of Absolutely. those people that you look at him and you think, like, yeah, you belong on the silver screen. So, yeah, although Burt Reynolds obviously made a career out of playing, well, starring in a lot of car chase films. That's really his bread and butter. I mean. Is it? I don't know. I, I have to admit, I know nothing about Burt Reynolds. The only thing I know about him is when I hear his name, I picture him lying on like a fur rug without The Cosmopolitan Centerfold from like, I don't know, like 70s or something, something like that. Yeah, no, like 72, yeah. 73. Um, yeah, like, no, Burt Reynolds is like a prolific actor. Burt Reynolds is one of those right. people, though, who's less famous for being a great actor and more famous for being a movie star. Um, right. For like it's one of those things where it's like movie star versus actor. Where for it's sure. Like, you know, some people are incredible, incredibly talented actors and transform and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the movie star who plays like similar characters. And yeah. And so Burt Reynolds' real claim to fame. I mean, he did a lot of movies. He famously, you know, had a star turn and in, in things like Deliverance and The Longest Yard, which was remade. Mm. This movie starring Adam Sandler. Some of you youngins out there may know that one. But like... <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds is famous. His biggest movie ever was Smoking the Bandit with Sally Field and um, Jackie Gleason and other actors whose names I'm forgetting. But that's like his. That was like the hugest movie of his, of his career. And I think around that time, also Burt Reynolds realized that like this was like this was a genre that like could make a lot of money. And he famously said like. Um, Something along the lines of, like, you know, these movies being made about the South, for the South, in the South, are, you know, so successful because they can make back their, they can make back the amount of money that they cost to make on opening weekend in Memphis, and then everything else is just, like, a cherry on top, basically. So, like, that was a big thing, but this, obviously... Is he, like, a Southern guy? I, I, uh, I don't believe so. I think he made a couple of movies that took place in the South and they were really mm. successful. Uh, no, Lansing, Michigan is where he was born, actually. Oh, okay. So the absolute opposite. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, 
I, I never associated him with being in Southern movies. But again, I really know nothing about him. Oh, he's in a lot of them, yeah. But, but like, this was, like, uh, this was a career decline. Um, I, mean, I had a feeling. You saw the movie. I mean, he also turned down, like, some really, like... But Reynolds also made some not great decisions in movies that he picked. He turned down, like, really incredible roles. Like, he turned down um, the uh, Richard Gere role in fucking Pretty Woman. He turned down no. the Jack Nicholson role in terms of endearment, which won Jack Nicholson, I think his second or third Oscar? I think third. Um, so, like, I mean, he he made some career blunders to do other things and then, like, you it's know... It's like, how do you of, know? You know, that's so hard. You like, don't. I, I mean, can't I, even imagine. Yeah, I mean, he turned down some parts that were great parts, I think, also just because he felt like they weren't befitting of, like, a movie star. You know, but, but Reynolds mm. also seems to have been quite a self-aware person, so, like, he was aware of the fact that, like, some of these movies were duds while he was making them. I mean, this movie cost $16 million <laughs> to make, and it made $295,000 at the box office. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, yeah, it was released in January of 1988. So that gives you some... Burt was around 52. Liza was around 42. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little side note. But, yeah, this scene is really great where he gets fired by the head of the police force. And then It all- was, like, unclear, though, that he was, like, getting fired the first time I saw this. Well, he says... It's this, like, because like- you can almost... It's hard to hear him because he's, yeah. like... He, the The... Uh, precinct commander, he says something like, get the fuck out of here, you're fired, or something like that. So it's kind of hard to discern what he's saying. I mean, I did watch it, I watch everything with subtitles, so I did, like, see and hear the exchange, but, like, for some th- for some reason, like, it didn't feel final to me. And yeah. then, like, I-, I was like, oh, maybe this is just a heated argument. Like, it doesn't feel like this really ended in him, like, losing his career, but then, you know, you find out a few minutes later that, like, it did. So that ends in his firing, and then we're, like, in this, like, I guess, like, montage of um, him walking around the city being sad. And then, like, we cut to the most unhinged moment where Liza is, like, leaving some fancy, looks like a fancy hotel or a restaurant or something like that. Sorry, Della. Her character's name is Della. I wrote Liza throughout all my notes because I can't remember. I, I wrote Liza and Bert because clearly that's who I'm dealing with here. Um, so she's, like, on a date with some fancy guy and he there a car pulls up they get into the back of the car her date gets in first <laughs> and all of a sudden it's revealed that the person opening the car door for them i believe is dancer the murderer from the beginning who stole all the money and and fucked up the drug bust and he's tracked down liza although this is this is all stuff we're we're pulling from the scene because they don't tell us what's happening. But he just like very quietly, he's got a fake beard on, and he just like very quietly stabs Liza Minnelli in the back, and she doesn't scream. She just like lets out like a little ooh, like falls into the back of the car on top of her date and her date like misinterprets the situation and starts making out with her and she doesn't like push him away she's like hey real quick like I've been stabbed he, she waits until he like discovers the blood that is leaking from her back and it's on her hand and it is 
an insane way to handle this. <laughs> like, I had to rewind it and watch it a few times because I was like, did what happen? Did I see this properly? Like, what? Did I miss something? And no. <laughs> it's like, well, he's got this, like, he's got this, this, I get, it's not even a knife. It looks it's like. like a- dagger but it's like rounded it's almost like a it looks honestly it looks almost like the end of like a screwdriver or like a wrench it's not but it's it's like a poker that's a shape of it and it's like it looks like it's somehow like attached to a device that he's got like on his hand and he uses it to stab her but keep in mind also this thing is like 12 inches long it looks like and so he stabs her and you instantly think like she's dead like there goes the liver like he stabs her with it and then she just goes oh and then she falls in this cab and yeah and the guy just starts making out with her and she doesn't say doesn't say boo doesn't say a word she doesn't say anything like i feel like if i were to get stabbed i would be screaming you'd scream instantly like having not had this experience i can't say for sure and like thank goodness i haven't but like it seems i don't know like a logical thing to do when you're hurt that like almost fatally yeah and she just sort of like tumbles inside the limo and the limo takes off and they're like and he's like making out with her and then he fills the blood and he's like oh it's just like it's insanity um it's so ridiculous it's so over the top and then like that ends and like we go back to like Bert just like walk around the city he like stops and looks over a bridge and spots some lovers like kissing under an arch and like he like weirdly smiles at them and then he like which I was like okay we know nothing about his personal life so this is so weird like I understand as a viewer they're trying to tell me that like hey Bert would love to like invite some love into his life because he's sad and lonely but that was only made clear to me the second time because I did know what anything about his personal life so it just seemed weird but then we cut to finding out that churchy is not a rent-a-cop he's working as a department store santa so that's why i don't even understand why this movie is called rent-a-cop but also how long is he working there because that's seasonal work i know Unless he's I mean, working, unless he's working, or he's been working as a, you know what, in the movie, the annoying woman who he works for when he's dressed in the Santa costume, mm-hmm. she's walk, following him around, and she's like, when you hear the Bing Bong, when you hear five bongs, that's your mm-hmm. cue, and she's like nagging him. There's a point right after that in that scene where like, it gets chaotic, and then she says to him, uh, to arrest someone, she's like, arrest him, and I think that maybe, so I think maybe he's probably like a mall cop. Who, like, you know, they needed a Santa and they were like, you want to, like, you know, moonlight as Santa Claus and make a couple extra coins? And so he was just like, okay, cool. But I think his job probably the rest of the year is solely being a mall cop. Okay. I mean, one line, again, we always say one line could have explained that to us, but we don't Absolutely, no. And, or, you know, a moment with Della where he's like, yeah, I think I mean moonlighting as a, you know, yeah, I think, right. <laughs> like, totally doable. Didn't happen. So... Uh, as an outside perspective, which truly there is only an outside perspective because we're watching this as a movie, it seems unhinged. And I 
love this fucking mall Santa scene because it is so crazy. So he sees, first of all, he's having this conversation with his employer and she's like, you have to memorize a handbook. And he's like, blah, 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 whatever. And then Della shows up in a blonde wig and she's like, excuse me, are you Mr. Church? And he's like, no, it's not me, sweetheart. And she's like, it's me, it's Della. You saved me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, telling her to go away basically and she's like I want you to help me find this guy because he tried to stab me by the way it turns out she's fine she survived the stabbing <laughs> like, yeah we didn't get a shot of her in a hospital bed no or we don't anything. know how long she's... it's been since she was stabbed no she's up and at him and she <laughs> never makes a reference to the stabbing again she never says like well you know I am still dealing with some residual pain from being stabbed <laughs> through the side with a 12 inch like screwdriver he really did nick some vital organs, but I'm on the mend, I guess. Like, <laughs> anything to justify. She is just back in full force and full force. At peak energy. At peak energy is, like, looking unscathed, really, besides her nerves. And she's like, you have to find... She's like, first of all, I quit hooking. You... I need your help. You have to find this guy who's trying to kill me. And he's, like, blowing her off because he sees a thief in the in the midst he sees this guy who like just dropping jewelry into like his umbrella which was weird like so like, not subtle so so conspicuous just walking around blatantly putting stuff in but then the thing is too is like Burt Reynolds is absolutely so obvious when he's like quote unquote stalking this thief everyone's getting into his face Della is like you have to help me and then the he's also like, dressed in full in a full Santa ensemble so yes. like it's Santa Claus <laughs> who is like crouching down and very obviously stalking this thief you've got his manager who's yelling at him and is like I've been bonging you and you didn't come and Della being like help me I have $1,500 and we're gonna get that guy and and he's like, all of a sudden, like, I guess lunges at this guy to like stop him from blatantly stealing everything around the store. And then the funniest thing is like the guy, the thief, the guy who plays the thief, like gets up or whatever and just like looks at him and clearly just waits for Burt Reynolds to punch him in the face. And he pulls a gun out, or Burt Reynolds pulls a gun out him because apparently it's cool to pull a gun on a person who's shoplifting, which seems, I don't know, like a, a, a teensy bit excessive. But, I mean, you know, I will say that the police have been known to show some excessive force, so it's not really hard for me to wrap my head around that one. Our police? <laughs> yes. All <Okay>. police. <laughs> I actually said our police. Yeah, and then I said all police. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that happens. <laughs> and the whole time, yeah, Della is like, just like following him around the store. It's a bit much. Um, and she's trying to get his attention, and she tells him that she went to the cops, but those chicken shits won't help her. And so she's <laughs> like, I need you. You're the one who saved me that day. And she's in this horrible blonde wig, which is like, do you think, Liza Minnelli, that this is disguising you and your identity? Because you are so 
you're such a singular person. You are Liza Minnelli. So, like, throwing a, bl- a blonde wig on it and, like, a scarf around that wig is not going to stop us from recognizing you well, there's or anybody a- who's out there trying to kill you. So she asks him to help her, and he basically turns her down again. He says no. She's like, well, I'm a hostess now at this restaurant. So, you know, I- I'm, on the, I'm on the straight narrow. And then there's a shot of her walking down the street looking around, you know, scared of running into Dancer again. And she's got a large, like, a black, large brimmed hat on, her blonde <laughs> wig, the, there's a scarf wrapped around her neck, and then a massive fur coat. And, like, <laughs> it's just like she couldn't stand out more if she tried. Truly. Um, nobody on the street looks like her. And <laughs> and we see people on the street and she stands out because she's dressed like a crazy person, i.e. Les <laughs> and she and she's um, also just looking over her shoulder constantly, like frazzled. So it's and just like, like always being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like I feel like, like she's always letting out some sort of terrifying noise. Yeah, she couldn't like stand out more. And then like, like she ends up. So she ends up calling. He she in, well, he calls her. He calls her at the at the restaurant she's hostessing at, and then he like agrees to take her on like under like the circumstances that she does whatever he tells her to do or whatever, which is, you know, the standard damsel and like you know savior like storyline of like you got to follow my rules, which is so crazy to me because it's like, do you really want to help her then? Like, but also, like, also she's paying you as well, so it's like right. So it's like you're not doing it for free. So, so what's the deal here? So what's the deal here? But then she goes to his apartment and Well, I do want to talk about okay. she's on the train, waiting at the train platform. She's at the merch mart stop. Shout out to the merch mart. It looks so fucking different now. <laughs> um, but there's just like some she's alone at night on the on the platform and waiting for the waiting for the L to arrive and she there's just this guy who like is walking towards her and she's terrified that it's dancer so what she does is she turns around and pulls a gun on him and he's like whoa and like runs away and it just like it it this movie it tr- people, the characters in this movie, like, just so casually pull guns on each other. It is so unhinged. Every time someone does something slightly sp- suspicious, there's just, like a, like, a gun in their fucking face. It's insane. I don't know if you noticed that. Well, I will say I think that guy was up to something. I don't know if he was just going in for a goose, or I don't know if he was going for a goosing of her, or if he was going to try and mug her or something, but that guy was up to something. He was rolling up on her real, real, real quietly, <laughs> and he could have announced himself feet before he got that close to her. Yeah. But I agree with you that, like, Liza having the gun at the ready is probably, like, you know, going to lead her, going to lead to some more trouble. <laughs> also, there's on. no indication she knows how to use that thing, so no. I just don't see that going well. So... Della um, ends up going to his apartment, and then also, so the um, the precinct commander has basically made the actor is Bernie Casey, a famous actor from the seventies. He I recognize him, but again, yeah. I didn't look anybody up, but I did recognize him. The guy who plays Lamar, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Casey who plays Lamar. He is then sort of tasked with following around Church, his ex partner, along with a new recruit that is 
I guess, working under him now. Um, mm-hmm. The new recruit's Pitts. name Pitts. And so Lamar and Pitts are basically, like, staking out because the um, the precinct commander thinks that um, Church stole that money. So he's like, you guys are going to be, like, tailing him to see, you know, his comings and goings and what he's up to to see if he can, I guess, get some evidence because he has no other leads on the on the massacre. Um Probably because he put all his eggs in this one basket. Um, but so Liza Minnelli, um, aka Della Roberts, shows up at Church's she home. Looks, she looks like a rich bag lady. They spot yeah. her when she's crossing the street and she's got like a full fur and what looks like a Louis Vuitton duffel bag, although I'm sure it isn't. But like, <laughs> there's just no getting away from Liza being Liza. Well, and it's like she's clearly decided that she's gonna stay at Tony's house without his permission. And Lamar says, hey, that's the hooker from the hotel. And it's like, how would you know? He, I have no idea. I have like, no idea. She's got this port pie hat on and this like <laughs> blonde, this blonde wig and shades. And she's so far away. And it's just like she throws it out with such ease. It's just like, all right, maybe you've, maybe you've enjoyed some of her services because I don't know how you know, Because you seem to be able to spot her Spot her from a easily. mile away. Um, yeah, and then she shows up at his, apart- at his apartment and basically, like, uh, inserts herself in his life. And he's like, I agreed to help you, but, like, I didn't agree to let you stay here. But, like, ugh, Liza's, not, Liza's not here for that nonsense. No. She's in the apartment, and he works for her now. And also, like, she, at one point she takes off the blonde wig and, like, throws it at him. And, sh- and she mentions that the wig cost her... $400? That, like, Party City wig. <laughs> I was like, Liza, you better get your damn money back. How many pills were you on when you decided that that was the one? But you also know that, like, Liza Minnelli's fully aware that this is not a $400 wig. I, of course, of course. Yeah, and like, I actually think the wig, I think line. the wig that they throw It looks like a different him, wig. It looks like a different wig. So. I agree. I thought the same yeah. thing. Um... So, yeah, so that's just, like, a really hilarious moment, and we're just really getting to see, you know, the water and oil that is these two trying to coexist. And she does the thing, the Liza Minnelli thing that we talked about earlier, where she just walks into the room and pretends that, like, she they, they've known each other for years. They have, like, a very specific back and forth, and it's like, you know... <laughs> she's too much and he's annoyed by her he's like the gruff cop or whatever and it's you know they're they're both um you know sinking into their roles i guess but there's also those moments like where like clearly there's a photo of like burt reynolds who i (laughs) am pretty sure burt reynolds did play like famously played like football i think in college there's clearly like a photo of like burt reynolds from college like just like you know in a football uniform and Liza Minnelli goes over to her and she's like oh there's a photo she's like oh look at this picture of you you're so cute you're so cute well you were so cute you were so cute I bet you got plenty of girls back then I mean used to at least and it's just it's like it's all of these lines and I'm like this wasn't written in a script this was like a director who just loosed Liza Minnelli and Burt Reynolds and was like let's see what's next do your worst girl exactly and she does and she does um, but yeah it's a it's like he Burt Reynolds is just sort of experienced Experiencing Liza Minnelli. And I think it's really funny because apparently, like, they were really good friends and they really enjoyed working together. So I think that's really funny. Also, they Liza Minnelli. They do Minnelli, have, like, a fun back and forth, I they guess. They have a fun banter and they do have a yeah. chemistry. But yeah. also, Liza Minnelli in Not an a interview, sexual one. <laughs> n- no. No, not at all. Um, but in an interview, Liza Minnelli was asked what her what's the worst movie she's ever made. And she said, I think Bert and I would both agree that it was Renekop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
good. I love that. So she knows. I love that. So um, she knows. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just like a really like funny exchange. But all it's really setting up is just like further establishing the fact that like these two are opposites. Exactly. And the odd wants, couple. And he's and she's like, what? Where should I sleep? And he's like, at your apartment. <laughs> and she's like, what? No, I can't go back there. Dance is on the loose. She gets like really actually. I wrote this like she gets like unnecessarily mad at him when he suggests she goes back to her house. And it's like, you can't just decide you're moving into someone's she space. Has, there are several moments in this movie where Liza Minnelli has these disproportionate reactions to what's going it's on. So and it's so true. And it's so funny because you're just like, and there's a moment during one of the scenes where she gets really upset and Burt Reynolds looks at her and it almost looks like Burt Reynolds like not realizing the camera's on him because there's this like it's like this confusion it's the scene later on in the movie when they're eating what I think is the Chinese takeout is that what it is yes oh when she gets so worked up about finding out that she gets so worked up about the cops dancer's a dancer or or the or it's not that he's a dancer it's that the the crooked cops (laughs) she's about the crooked cops but like energy wise it's not building towards this so it goes from them they're casually eating Chinese food Burt Reynolds is like looking over mugshots. Liza Minnelli points. He's got a series of mugshots in front of him because the whole thing is her trying to finger the guy who did this to her. <laughs> she can't quite put her finger on who he is, but she feels like I've seen him before. And I just so, like I feel like there's no way we can move past you saying Liza Minnelli oh trying God. to finger. Like you can't say that. I hate it when people say that because all now I'm thinking about is Liza fin- Liza Minnelli furiously fingering Burt Reynolds' ass. There we go. <laughs> Jane, you, she's made her joke for all the people that are here for that. So I'm gonna try and get us. Don't back act exhausted by me because um, you are absolutely here for me and all of my jokes. So, Liza, so they're eating the Chinese food, and Burt Reynolds is casually looking through these these like um, I was gonna say headshots. Well, he's, he's looking through these mug shots, and then he gets to one, and she's like, "That's him. That's the guy." And then then he like he's like, "Oh yeah, he was a crooked cop," and he sort of explains some of the nefarious things that he did. And then like, but it's very like chill. There's like there's a fire lit. They're starting to get a chemistry developing between them. She's sort of feeding him bites of food, and then like all of a sudden she's just like, it's like energy wise, it just jumps, and she's like, "That's." Goddamn cops! <laughs> like, I'm so tired of those chicken shit cops out there on the street. They're not doing their jobs. I gotta tell like, you, I gotta tell you, Tony, I'm really upset. <laughs> and it's like, like so, so much. much. And the camera, like, and the camera, like, um, the second shot goes to Burt Reynolds, and his face is just sort of like, <laughs> oh, that's what we're gonna do. Okay, I guess you should run here. that by me in rehearsals. <laughs> rehearsals. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, this is her sort of like inserting herself in his life. And then she just starts like pounding his chest at one point, and like he's like, she's like, no. And he, she buries her head in his chest, and he's like, okay, you can stay here. And it's really funny. So, so, anyways, one of the things I did notice actually is that like she, after this scene, she then like remembers that she ran into Dancer and knocked on his door first, which took me the second time viewing this movie to be like, what? <laughs> like. How could she not remember that? Because A, it was really significant, and B, I'm 100% certain that the police would have questioned her the night of the raid and asked her about everything. And 
she wouldn't have forgotten because he when she opened the door and it was clear that she was in the wrong door like he gave her like the most sinister weird intense look and so I was like I couldn't believe that this was like a break in the story for Burt Reynolds' character because I was like, how do you not already know this? In defense of her, though, I will say that sometimes, you know, when like really intense traumatic things happen to you, then like you do sometimes like maybe forget that like this sort of like weird like throwaway exchange took place. You know, she did have a gun pointed at her head and she's (laughs) in the hallway and, you know, probably one of the ensembles she would have worn and cabaret i mean it's liza in like a little shift dress with like you know garters on and and all that jazz and so it's very possible that like maybe in her underwear with a gun in her head being led through the hotel by like while he's grabbing on the back of her hair maybe that caused some sort of trauma but i'm giving this movie a lot i don't buy that i don't buy that because that was a significant exchange to have happened right before like 30 people were shot. I mean, it's true. No, you're right. You're right. It's a lot to have forgotten that you walked to the door. They had a quick little exchange and then he slammed the door. Right. But he gave her the look like, I am up to no good. Like, I am a bad, like, I am sinister. Like, the look. But I mean, he had the helmet on when he he put the gun to her head, but she made the connection between the guy who stabbed her getting into that limousine earlier and the guy who opened this door. And so, yeah, Liza finally puts the pieces together and, you know, we've got this ball rolling. The story is unfolding. Yeah. Okay, so then so then he takes her out to, quote-unquote, lunch. And um, after they have a big break in the case. And uh, the funny thing is that, like, so you see him, they're clearly at, like, a, like a hot dog place. And he, like, walks over to her, hands her, like, a couple hot dogs. And she's like, no, wait a minute. I hate these like what does she call them like she's like thanks for the meat popsicles or something like or like the meat casings or something i don't know just like you pulled up to this restaurant or i'm using the term restaurant this stand with him you let him go up to what clearly is a place that maybe only only sells hot dogs order them for you and bring them back to the car and now you're gonna be like what how could you i don't like hot dogs it's just like so yeah, it's ridiculous. A choice. I just was like, you gotta Don't get a hoodie, together. Toady, a hoodie, toady one right here. <laughs> but then we run into Roger again, um, the old ex-cop friend who apparently is fucking everywhere. He's just always showing up and talking about how much money he's making, which is like such a weird personality trait because he really doesn't have any other personality other than being like, hey, what's going on, Churchy? I got so much money, you wouldn't believe the cash that's rolling in for me. And then Roger notices Liza, sorry, Della in the car and he's like, Hey, what you doing with the hooker from the Blandford job? And like very visibly gets clearly so nervous. And he's like, oh, uh, like, and then like is like tries to get information and like unsuccessfully. And then um, I think what he actually says is, oh, that's not Della. That's Liza Minnelli. <laughs> 
basically. And it's just, you know, it's not... I have actually... I, I've seen this guy in other things. I can't place him. But this isn't... I, I would not say that this is the acting performance. Richard Mazur. Okay. Yeah. He's I, been in, like, uh, he's been in, like, a shit ton of stuff. Um, yeah. He's literally that Risky guy Risky Business, thing. My Girl. Oh, my God. Wow. I feel like he played a lot of dads in, like, you know... Yes, in, the in 80s, like the 90s. Like in, yeah. Yeah, the 90s. He was in the It TV movie. He was on mm-hmm. Blossom. Get into it. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. This guy's like a really. Encino Man. <gasps> Who was he? In... Was he the father in Encino Man? Mr. Morgan. He was the father, wasn't he? <gasps> I knew I had like seen him recently. <laughs> Yeah, we okay. Did. This is all making oh, sense now. He he did a much better job in Encino Man than he did in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, making a hand over fist. That's yeah. right. He was the dad. Amazing. There's always something to say for improving, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, then when um Tony gets back into the car and talks to Liza, Liza's like. How there's old old Raj? How's he doing? I love Raj. He's so fun. And he's like, you know Roger? And she's like, oh yeah, he love he throws parties. He spends so much money. He he had a party and all of us girls worked it. And and she says something about like he threw a party that must have cost about ten grand at the base level or something like that. And so again, we're just really pushing the narrative that Roger has a lot of money and he's fucking spending it. And then we cut to <laughs> Roger going to visit Dancer. So now this is my favorite scene. Well, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. <laughs> this is the best. So Dancer gets his name because that's his code name. I think we mentioned that earlier. His real name is his Adam name is Booth. Adam Booth. Yeah, but he goes by Dancer. <laughs> we cut to him in his apartment i don't know where we are it looks like maybe like a a sort of rundown dance studio slash apartment mm-hmm. but he, he's in the mirror and he's like really sweaty he's topless except for his jeans and he is dancing for his life he's sweaty he's watching himself he's very intensely moving his arms and hips from side to side and by the way that's the only move that he does it's incredible it's a lot of like it's yeah it's mainly like sweaty pelvic thrusting (laughs) and it's also like a series of mirrors it's like these mirrors are making like a half of like a hexagon almost like they're like that style of mirroring so it's it's all these mirrors next to each other on this wall (laughs) yeah he's just really listening to his music he's listening to his tunes and <laughs> you know and and also there's that moment where you're like does he oh there's like an, a cop in his apartment or whatever and he's not really reacting to it and then you realize that they're in on it together exactly it- so then um i guess della and um churchy now decide to break in to the police station which seems like a smart idea and it's so fucking easy like it should not be this easy for them to break into the police station even as a former cop it should be harder and they break in and i guess it's to get these like mug shots to see like people of interest or whatever but like to get they like are almost caught by the precinct commander but 
she, I guess the reason why he wants Della to come with her is because she's good at computers, which is like, okay, like, how and why? We never really get an explanation for it. They bring it up later, but, like, she's like, oh, I had to do a lot before I figured out what I was really good at. <laughs> and then you... And, and then it's I, I guess they just needed a reason for her to go with him to break into the PlayStation, honestly. Which also, I mean, she's a little bit of eye candy, too, so... Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so the precinct commander walks in on her, and she's, like, pretending to be, like, a temp, like, working at the computer, and he's like, I thought I knew all the tasty ones at the precinct, which is, like, fucking disgusting. Like... The shit but, people you know, said. In 19, but in the 80s, though, that was just, you know, a gentleman paying a woman a compliment. Absolutely. And she better be grateful for it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so then this is where we get the scene where they're, um, they've stolen the, the mug shots and the, the thing from the precinct. And then this is when they're back at um, Churchy's apartment and they're eating the Chinese food and going over the mug shots. Yeah. And then this is when she sort of has her moment where she's like, I don't get it. These cops aren't doing their jobs. Um, we find out Adam Booth is an ex-cop, too. And so a lot of <laughs> Adam Dancer, Booth... Dancer, a.k.a. Adam, Adam Booth. Adam yeah. Booth, codenamed Dancer, um, is an ex-cop. Apparently, he killed two old ladies who were his <laughs> dance students because he got his name on their insurance, insurance policies. policies. Yeah. And I'm like, if you know this, why is... And you knew this beforehand, or the police station knows this why is he not in prison for killing two old ladies so yeah he killed those two women for their insurance policies which burt reynolds is just sort of like shoulder shrugs as he says it because it's like yeah whatever them's the breaks um <laughs> and so yeah so he's known for just doing nefarious things like, um he's awful but why but did you hear what i said why isn't he in prison for no that? it does yeah i heard what you said it is I, okay. yeah i don't know <laughs> okay but yeah i agree with you he should be um but also in this scene right after this we get a little bit of music Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this scene. It's... We get a little bit of music. He, he, he plays some music. Liza approves of the music. She's like, this is some good tunes. I like this song. And then Liza like starts doing jazz hands. And like she, the thing is she's supposed to be like sexy dancing, but what she's doing is like a lot of like fossy neck and like a lot of like I don't even know what to call it, but like what you would see on like her apparently Academy Academy Award winning performance of cabaret. <laughs> like, oh absolutely, yeah. And she's like, she's like, she's like, for all those prude cops, I'm about to take off my clothes, so cover your eyes. And it's like, I didn't realize until she said that, that she was like being seductive. Oh, yeah. Her being, yeah, her being sexy. Like, she unbuns, like, one bun. She's also wearing, like, this massive, like, oversized blouse that, like... She's wearing... Your mom wears to, like, Yellow silk pajamas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's, like... But it's, like, an outfit that, like, you know, your mom wears to do chores around the house. And she's, like... Right. She undoes, like, one button. And she's got, like, two shirts on underneath anyway. And she's, like, ooh, little peekaboo. And, like, Burt Reynolds is, like... You think a Boston neck will do it? (laughs) And Burt Reynolds, like, yes, this is his thing. And he's, like, ooh, yeah, she is looking really good. um, and so he inexplicably is is really into it, and he tells her to stand in front of the window, <laughs> which is 
is like clearly a setup because we see Dancer outside getting ready to like shoot through the window and kill her, but they don't know. But then it's like it's so leading the, and Burt Reynolds' character doesn't know either. But he's like, do it in front of the wind. That's sorry, that's my last vanilla. That's not my Burt. Yeah, you're getting confused. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's like, dance in front of the window. <laughs> so and so she's like, oh, watch, try and stop me. And so she like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> she shimmies over to the window and she's like doing the Charleston in front of the window. <laughs> And then, like, right then, like, there's, like, this is what, there's a gunshot, right? Yeah, the, like, dancer shoots through the window of his apartment, of Church's apartment, and Churchy Church grabs a gun and, like, goes to the window and then, like, holds, holds Liza close and then, like, caresses her face. And, like, I was, like, this is, like, not the time for this. Danger is yeah. still imminent. Like, you haven't checked Yeah, that window out. was just shot. The shooter's yeah. probably still in position. Like, you guys and, should like, be on the fucking floor. I'm no and, expert, but if someone's shooting through my, like, third floor apartment, I am absolutely getting on the floor. Well, it's also funny because it reminds me of the scene earlier in the movie when she is being sort of, like, she's got the gun in her head and she's sort of um, being let out of the hotel by Dancer and then she gets away from him and, like, runs to Burt Reynolds' arms and then, mm-hmm. like... Dancer shooting sort of in their direction and then she's like she buries like she buries like her arms and her her head into like Burt Reynolds shoulder and it's like go like go find cover like I'm still like in the middle of a shootout like and this is the same thing in this scene where like like the gunshot comes through he like pulls her away from the window and then Liza Minnelli's like pawing at him again and it's just like what go sit down like he can't he can't do it go to the bathroom and hide like do anything like do She's anything like, but what you're doing. She's like cooing into like his like shoulder. <laughs> it's like I can't think of a worse time for this. Like yeah. oh my God, it's <laughs> so bad. Um, and then of course they decide that they're going to now that they have this information they know who Adam Booth is they know um, he works with Roger and I guess Roger is like associated with her escort agency. They're like Finally, we're going to meet um, <clears throat> Lazarinelli's best friend, Beth. And so, oh, maybe that's why you gave me the name Beth at the beginning. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I honestly don't know why I gave it to you, but that's probably why. I love it. Um, so. <laughs> and, th- and this is also the scene where they shake the cops, right? They go outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they like, go outside and, and, put, and like, they. A- the cops have been like the cops. You know, we mentioned earlier that Pitts and Lamar have been basically like tailing him. And earlier in the movie, he goes out and confronts them, and Lamar basically tells him like that. You know, the precinct commander's making me do this. Like, I've got a wife and kids to feed. Like, I don't want to do this. And I think it's shitty, but like, I gotta pay my bills. So like, I'm right. gonna follow you around, man. So like, <laughs> they go outside, and like as he's talking to them, just small talk. Liza pulls out like what honestly looked like a game of jacks to me, but they were like. I guess like spikes that she I throws. literally wrote what he is he playing game of jacks like why they look like jacks but like <laughs> yeah. she throws them in front of the tire of the car and then they without them seeing obviously and then they take off and as they're trying to tail them they run over the jacks with the spikes on them and then their tire immediately blows out um right there not like mm-hmm. a little bit down the road like right there um and so they make it to the apartment and then we find out that we go to Beth's Beth's um fancy fancy condo building she lives in a high 
eyes, and we walk in, and we find it is Beth is Dion motherfucking Warwick, which I screamed <laughs> because apparently when I watched the second time, I saw her name in the um, credits, but I did not see it the first time because I was writing stuff down. And so I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was so excited. And let me tell you, this excitement was short-lived because she has about three lines and she's right. only there for two seconds. And, but we're supposed to believe that this is Liza Minnelli's character's best, best friend in the world. But they don't do any building of that world. No. She just says it over and over again. And then Dionne Warwick comes out as Beth, who, by the way, I don't know, I'm sure people know, but she is the funniest person on Twitter. So if you are on Twitter, make sure you follow Dionne Warwick. Oh, yeah, she's she's really funny. She's so good on Twitter. Um, But anyways, she goes, I certainly hope you're taking care of Della. She's very important to me. And it's like... And then, like, before they get in the apartment, Della's like, well, this is just the most important person to me in my life, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, they really are trying to push it on it, but, like, they haven't done the work. Well, it, I mean? Yeah, it's almost like they think that if they just say it a bunch, it'll make up for the fact that they haven't shown it to us. 100%. She's my and- best friend. <laughs> It's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. She doesn't really seem to be there for you in this like very stressful moment of your life, but all right, girl. Um, but what they find on the computer and like they go to her like The database. first computer, by the way. Yeah, the first computer of all time. <laughs> um, is at Dion Warwick's apartment in um, a luxury building in Chicago in 1987. Um, and she looks up like her clientele and then they find um, Mr. Alexander on there. And I can't remember what about him makes them be like, oh, this is the guy behind everything. But basically they know from finding this out on her computer, and I don't think it's fucking important, but basically they know that from finding his well, what they on their computer, he has masterminded this whole thing. What they find out is that Alexander is basically has been referring all of like the cops, the the oh, former okay. cops. He's been referring them to this escort service. So then there's a mm-hmm. clear tie. Obviously, we say foreign former cops. So we've got Roger, and then we've got Dancer as well, both former cops who have a connection to Alexander. Then, and then there's sort of the right, and then there's that realization that they're like, oh, we need to get in and find out more about this Alexander guy. And he's obviously, like, a really faithful client of Beth's and, like, this um, escort service. So she's like, you know, I can get you a connection, basically, to, like, in get you an in at one of his parties. And that way you'll be able to, like, infiltrate. Beth does this reluctantly, you know. Does because- she say, I can get you an in on one of his parties? I thought she did. Okay, because one of my notes is, and then the next scene, they're just at this party and I have no idea how they got there. Maybe it's possible I, maybe that I, I missed it both times that I watched this movie. But I could the first time I couldn't figure it out and the second time I couldn't figure it out. I, and I, I feel like she it. says something to the I feel like she says something that alludes to the fact that she's going to be able to get them in. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense because I have a lot of notes about how they just waltz into the biggest dope dealers in Chicago's apartment, <laughs> like without like, and, and he just happens to be having this huge party. Is it an apartment? It's like a mansion, isn't it? Sorry, I don't know why I said apartment. It's a literal mansion. <laughs> yeah, it's a mansion. They like 
They show up and Liza's. <laughs> I forget what what's Liza wearing in this scene. She's wearing this like white. Oh my god! It's like it's it's like a mother of the bride outfit. It's like what you would see. <laughs> like it's like it's this white sort of flowy sequiny moment, and like just the shape of it is very mother of the bridey. <laughs> is it is it is it the three pieces again? Is it? The, I think it's I think pants, it's isn't t- it? Is it pants? Oh, I thought it was a I thought it was a, a a top and a skirt, but the skirt was very long and flowy. But it could be like palazzo, like white sequin palazzo pants. It is the most ridiculous outfit, and it's also really low cut. And then like it's and <laughs> Burt Reynolds like makes a joke about like putting her little alarm thing in between her boobs, and I'm like. I love how we're trying to make it's Liza oh it is like this. this is like full on like it looks like Halston it is like yes. it's like this sheer jacket that's very flowy it's like this sheer overpiece but then it's also this halter at the top so it halters around yes. the top our girl is braless and then it like there's uh around the waist there's um there's a uh like a belt like a white belt that ties around the waist and then it's pants so it's this really fabulous like it looks like it looks literally like it's like it's a Halston outfit, which I, I have a suspicion that pretty much every outfit she wore in this was probably Halston. I'm sure it is. I mean, honestly, it's a great outfit, but is it a sexy sirens outfit? No. I would argue no. <laughs> no, it's, but it looks like something pulled from Liza's closet. It looks like something that she was like, oh, this was fabulous. I, I wore this when I pierced Stevie Wonder's ears. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's great. And she's it's... like, oh, and then she like, she, she basically finds Alexander and then like latches onto him and is just like, dance with me. And then he like reluctantly does. He's like, who's mom? He's this? like, he's like, he's like, oh, I got to go upstairs maybe, you know, later. And she's like, but this is my favorite song. And it's like a totally nondescript like strings piece. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have a budget like... for licensing, girl. No. And then they show and he's like, oh, all right. And then they again show her dancing with him on the dance floor and she is giving it all she has like she's on the dance floor at you know a Broadway event or something it's just like this isn't like sexy dancing and I feel like she's trying to be like seduce him and it's a lot of arms she brings her arms into it so she's really arm centric with her with her moves She's doing a lot of arm stuff, and Burt Reynolds is upstairs trying to get information. I love the use of like he's, he's, we, we don't no, it's not a computer. It's an actual. It's actual. Uh, it's actual it's like files. A, it's like yeah. a file cabinet, and he's like yeah. trying to get like information from this file cabinet, and then like they got to make a run for it. It's like again. I don't know what information you're gonna get, but he has files on all the like corrupt cops, namely Roger and Dancer, and so that's all we find out. And then he gets like beat up outside of the mansion and I don't even really know why at this point. I think they like discovered... Because someone recognizes him and is like, oh, that's that's uh... former cop. That's Tony Church. He was a police officer and he knows that he's not one of his boys. Right. So, and he's, and he inside, he, you know, he, when he runs into him, he's masked. He's pretending to be something he's not. He tells him that he's like someone else. And so, you know, that's when they decide to rough him up. Okay. And, and this, then... this fight outside the party, though, is like an SNL sketch with how, like... <laughs> It's like I don't you don't even see like people's hands make connections with other people's it's faces. Crazy. It's so bad. And then also he makes like the, he has the moment where he like realizes that like Beth 
you know, had to have been in on this. Because, well, it's because when he's dancing with Liza Minnelli, she says, I'm one of Beth's girls. And so yeah. he's like, oh. And then after this all happens and he sees her with Tony, then he's like, Beth set me up. Right. And so then we have, you know, what comes next? <laughs> then we have <laughs> our girl Dion, Beth, walking in her gorgeous fur coat down Lower Michigan Avenue, um, being followed by Dancer, who's got his, you know, ice pick screwdriver stabber device and he does the same shit he did to um, Della he just quietly stabs her 12 inches into her entire body and then pulls it out and then keeps walking and Dion Warwick again doesn't make a sound when she's initially stabbed which no. is surprising yeah. to me again no because it's not a thing and you know all of a sudden she drops and people surround her and we realize that she's been killed. Um, and that is the end of the, the the Dionne Warwick cameo, which was sad. I was hoping she would be around for the rest of the Yeah, movie. it would have been nice to have a little bit more Dionne in the mix. Yeah, it really would have. But um, this movie isn't about giving us what we want. <laughs> no, it's it, giving it, us what we need. It's giving us what we need. And, and that is more ridiculousness. So... Then we get this <laughs> we get this scene where they're in the bathtub they're in the bathroom of um Tony Church's house and like he's taking a bath and Della comes in and she like he's sore after the fight that he just had and so she is like trying to like massage him and I guess this is like in some way her like seducing him and she says this line and her delivery of this line is to me the most iconic thing in this movie and she goes He's, she's like starting to massage him and he's sort of like a little uncomfortable with it and he she goes I promise you I'm not going to do anything that doesn't feel wonderful alright in fact if you get up sorry in fact if you get upset in the slightest bit you just say stop and I'll stop okay <laughs> like, do you also want to take a stab at reading that line in the way that she delivered it because I think it's so good wait say the line again I'll put it in the chat Okay. I promise you, I'm not going to do anything that doesn't feel wonderful, all right? In fact, if you get upset in the slightest bit, you just say, stop, and I'll stop, okay? <laughs> it's like literally how it's delivered. If you guys don't watch this movie, like, that's fine. But if there's one thing that tips you over the edge to watch this movie, it is literally just this line. I rewound this and laughed at it. 400 times to the point where like my ab muscles were sore I, I it was so unhinged and I loved it so much it's, it's so sexy it, it is the scene. opposite of sexy and I don't know why they kept it in <laughs> and you can it's also like you can feel like I just feel like I can see the two of them trying to generate chemistry and that's like so <laughs> they have chemistry but like sexual chemistry like right they don't have they're like buddies no, yeah they're like pals they're, but it's like buddies and pals and and that comes through really well yeah but then there's the mo- and then he pulls her into the tub with him and he tries to kiss her and like she pulls away and she's like no and then she runs into the living room and he like follows her and he's like what happened in there 
And then, and then I mean, she I, says something like, um, sometimes it's hard to say, yeah, I don't remember what she says. But it's like, the thing that is surprising to me is that, like, I was confused because I thought she was gunning for this the whole time. But it's almost like that that classic movie trope of like you know the sex worker who like doesn't kiss on the mouth. Like, okay. Um, I feel like that's like like or that's, that's like too, too intimate. intimate. Yeah. You can do what you want okay. with my body, but my mouth, my mouth is mine. I can't command. She says something about like I, I wish I remembered the line or wrote it down, but she's like, sometimes it's just scary to get a little too close or something like that. Exactly, and it's like it's, it's that that's the sentiment there, basically. That but they've also been almost kissing the whole movie, so it's right. sort of just like, all right, this wasn't anything new. You guys have already done this a million times. Exactly. Um, you like practically moved into his apartment. Like, what do you? A- absolutely, <laughs> and you walked into the bathroom while he was like naked in the tub, and like exactly, you handed him a beer, and then you stuck up beer behind his neck and he was like oh like he liked it and I was just like god if somebody came in the bathroom and stuck a beer behind my neck like what are you doing put that back in the fridge and get out of here (laughs) I also did like her delivery of the line where like he was like she was sitting behind him massaging him and she he goes what are you looking at and she lifts up and leans over a little bit clearly looking at his neck and she goes nothing (laughs) which I thought was great (laughs) Oh, Liza. Um, so then Bert gets a call from Raj. Good old Raj. Flashing, you, remember, you guys remember Raj from flashing his money around, from spending, from being nouveau riche, for being gauche, for being really subtle about his involvement with this whole heist thing. Um, and Raj is like, you gotta meet me. Meet me at the Moosehead and come alone. And he's like, okay. And what Bert does, or sorry, yeah, Tony, Churchy, whatever, Bert Reynolds, he then like hangs with the phone and he doesn't tell Liza like, hey, that was Roger. He wants me to meet him um, by himself. Like, I'll, I'll link up with you later. He just like does it he just like treats her like a fucking kid and she like follows him into the room and he like puts his hands on her shoulder pushes her out of the room and closes the door i'm like what is happening you could have just said like i need to go meet roger well he also she says i'll go with you and he says no you won't kid you stay here (laughs) he treats her like a child it's because he calls her kid the whole movie as well like it's a weird thing that i age her down i don't know i feel like i don't have to write us put that in to like try and like convince us we're not saying what we're saying (laughs) well it's also this weird thing that i feel like sometimes um like people more in like the 80s 70s 80s and 90s like where like they're trying to like push the narrative that like the man is in charge and like the woman is just like oh you for know, sure for the ride and so this felt very much like that and it was like you know oh this crazy woman with her crazy ideas thinking that she's like I don't know a person who like deserves information and like respect from me <laughs> exactly know? and he's just like you stay here and you keep the fires warm I'll be back <laughs> So then he meets Roger, and Roger is like, sorry, dude. First of all, he, uh, Tony gets in the car, wastes no time. He's like, hey, Rog, like, I know you're involved with Mr. Alexander. And Roger leaves nothing on the floor. He literally, his face, like, drops, and he's just like, 
he I don't remember the speech he gives, but he basically tells him everything and then is like, Yeah, I'm like here to kill you. But he can't. He's like, well, I, I can't do it. But I can't do it. So he pulls a gun on him, but then he's like and again, people pulling guns out of their fucking ass in this movie, like so casual all the time, everyone's pulling guns on each other. But he doesn't end up actually killing him. And then on the side, we find out, or um, we already know, but um, Della Della finds out that Beth has been killed. And so she decides that she's got to go to her apartment. Um, And (laughs) when she gets to her apartment, Victor, her clearly her her gay butler is we robbing met him her one time earlier yeah well, in in victor's defense <laughs> um he saw the writing on the wall Beth is no longer with us and he's got like is it like a gucci tote it's like a i didn't it's like oh it's like a it's but... like a fancy tote that he's got that's full to the brim with jewels and they're like pouring out of it and liza like runs into him as he's coming off of the you know the elevator clearly about to make his big escape and she's like what are you doing victor and he's like i'm you know i'm, I'm getting out of here i'm getting out of here and she's like yeah it looks like you're taking a little bit of a seventh package something along those lines and she's like she's like rooting through the bag because she just wants the keys to get into the apartment but right you know and then he He's like, oh, I'm just so distraught by what happened. She's like, yeah, I can tell. And she shoves, like, the bag of jewels in his face. And I was kind of like, good for Victor. I'm happy he got those jewels. I'm sure he's put I, up with a lot of bullshit over the years. I'm sure. I'm sure he's And who else was going to get them? They're going to get confiscated by the cops. So it's, like, good on you. And it was the 80s. So we all know CCTV was just probably just a cute figment of the imagination. So Absolutely. I'm sure he slithered as as right out of there. The pr- like, that's the thing. When you commit a crime in the 80s, as long as you're off the premises, by the time the cops like, get there, you're probably fine. It's like that John Mulaney Santa bag about like committing crimes in like the 1920s and just like it's just like they have nothing like show up so true if they don't catch you there with it in your hand like it's it's just a bunch of people pontificating yeah because it's like maybe that person did it but like dna ain't a thing we have zero evidence <laughs> yeah exactly so it's yeah he's very much like I'm gonna get this bag and I'm gonna get out of here it's not easy for like a gay butler in the 80s so he slips out and then she goes up to the apartment because Della feels like all of the computers hold all this evidence and like like really sensitive information about her and all the other girls the working girls when she calls um when she she talks to um, Church and she says to him, he's like, why aren't you at the house where I left you? And she's like, I had to get to the apartment before the cops did. There's a lot of information on there about me and a lot of these girls are my friends. And so she's like basically letting him know, like, I had to come to the house to get, you know, the information. And it's also finally her putting together the pieces because before when they looked in the computer system, it was, they were looking for Adam Booth, which was Dancer's like proper government name. But then Mm -hmm. she decides to look up Dancer and it's a treasure trove of information. And so she's like, we hit pay dirt when I typed in Dancer this time. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And she finds out, well, first of all, I lo- it didn't make sense to me. And maybe I was just like not following the thread close enough because there's just a lot of chaos happening. But she goes, the newscaster said it's some, when she's talking about Beth being stabbed, she goes, the newscaster said it was someone with a knife. It had to be the same person. And I'm like, that is 
pretty like loose information to go on. Like that is what I would call at best circumstantial evidence. But I mean, whatever it is, she puts the pieces together. Um, and they decide that <laughs> they're gonna go to. Hold on, let me figure out. Yeah, okay, so they're going to go to this place called the Golden Gargoyle Club, which is... It was in the notes on Beth's computer that Dancer frequents the place called the Golden Gargoyle, so then they're like, we got to go there to find him. Which is such, like, a movie name for a club. Like, the Golden Gargoyle. 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 Why can't I say that? Um, The Golden Gargoyle. It sounds like something that, like, somebody does, like, sexually. It's like they're, like... Like the denouement to like a sexual experience, and it's just like, you oh, whisper, absolutely. Like, Give me the golden gargoyle. And it's like, <laughs> and then she looks at you and she's like, that's gonna be at least 50 euro extra. <laughs> 50 euro extra. I love other bang in like, euro. And he's like, doesn't matter here. And then he hands her like the 50 euro and 10 yen as well, just to let her know that money's no object for him. And in whatever form she needs it, he's got it. Exactly. <laughs> no questions. No answers. <laughs> so they head to the Golden Gargoyle. Liza is dressed to the nines in literally my favorite outfit of this whole movie, where she's wearing a it's a it's a set <laughs> and it's black and gold. And it's like a black dress with like a gold border. And this is all sequin, by the way. And then a jacket to match that has like is mostly black with a gold border. And then she's got these black and gold high heels. And and she's got gloves. She's got wrist like wrist length gloves on either hand too. black. Yes. Yes. It's an incredible look. And I will be repurposing it at some point. I do. I did write down, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but I did write down that my ideal Halloween costume is her in that outfit, but tied to a chair all night long. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be such a good Halloween costume? That would. And we could probably put like a gag in your mouth or something just to keep the talking Uh, to a minimum. Um... Okay, that took a turn I was not expecting. So. Or we can let you do the, but you can, or you can do the golden gargoyle on a, on some people at the party. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> the old double G. A, <laughs> such a bitch. I love. Okay, so this club is like I wrote down like the golden gargoyle is like if Studio Fifty Four let everybody in. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good descriptor. There's no discerning who comes there's through There's no, like, there's no discerning. There's no, like, you can't pinpoint a particular clientele. It's, like, all very ridiculous. And so they're in the car before they head to the Golden Gargoyle, and she's like, I'm going to wear a wire. And so they put a wire on her, and she's going to identify Roger or sorry identify dancer I guess and I'm not a hundred percent sure what the plan is once she gets to him they said like to keep him talking so I think they want him to incriminate himself on this wire which is like I'm not sure 
why he would do that because he's been trying to kill her this whole movie. So, like, I feel like for Dancer, for him to see Della, it would be, like, on site for him. You know what for I sure. mean? Like, he would fucking end her life. Like, it seems like the plan is, like, a couple of holes. Also, she's... she When she first originally comes to... When she's going to go to the club, she is wired and she's wearing, and then like she's wearing this fur coat. And then outside, because he's getting the help from Lamar, his old partner, who's helping him now, um, Lamar's like, she got to take that fur coat off. So she's like, what? I got to take it off. <laughs> so she takes it off. So then she's just in her black ensemble and she's got all the wires, it seems like, in this muff that she's carrying. Oh my and then God. she gets into the club and then she's talking into the receptacle, like the, the um, recording device, basically so Church can hear her from inside the car. But she just looks like this crazy woman because she's walking through the club and she's just like, okay, Church, I made it inside. <laughs> Ooh, her commentary when she's walking through the club is A+. Plus. She's like, oh, this place is a zoo. Oh, I just got goosed by a guy in a red riding hood outfit. <laughs> it's like, I was going to, yeah. I just got goosed by a man wearing a little red riding hood. By a guy dressed as a little red riding hood. <laughs> um, and so it's just like, she's she's all in. And then the camera oh, pans to like. We forgot to. The- we forgot to mention, before she goes into the club, Burt Reynolds and Liza Minnelli share their first kiss. They do. They share their first kiss, and it's the first moment that, like, we realize that there's a lot more on the line than just, like, tracking down Dancer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's almost arresting like, him. Yeah, it's almost like seeing, um... <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say your grandparents kiss, but I think my grandparents had more chemistry. <laughs> Gross. Anyways. Um, there's also a moment in the club where Liza yells out, what a pig palace. Yes. And it's just so like, good. it's just a line to say. And it's just a thing that it also isn't true. I don't, know what a pig palace is but this isn't like I mean people are dressed up and having fun but it doesn't seem like there's like a ridiculous amount of like what you would consider to be like unhinged debauchery happening I mean I think she's saying what trash really and there's a moment also with these muscle dudes and like these stringer tanks who are like flexing their muscles and as Liza walks by them she goes oh please <laughs> then <laughs> my fucking favorite part she's holding her muff while walking through the club and then she spots dancer and dancer is like doing his his thing he's dancing in front of a crowd like they've like opened up a circle everyone's watching him with he's dancing with this woman and Liza gets like so worked up and she like decides that she can't stick with the original plan which was to like just like talk to him and she's like I gotta shoot this guy and so she like (laughs) so she like stuffs her hand through her muff and like pulls out the gun which again everyone is doing this movie at the most insane times and like goes to like shoot dancer in the middle of a club and then what happens is like a drag queen walks up to her and is like love your muff and like steals it out of her hand and the gun falls on the floor and she loses track of the gun it is the most 
most, by far the most ridiculous thing that happens in this entire movie. And there's a lot of weird shit. It comes out of nowhere. And she has decided to try and, like, gun him down. Which also is like, <laughs> you're gonna be arrested, ma'am. Like, nobody gave you permission to commit murder. Like, that you wasn't Tony, a part of the deal. Tony is not a cop. Like, you are protected in you're, any way. No, you're working with a circle of disgraced police officers. You can't like, just open fire in the middle of a club. <laughs> like, oh my God. She's like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And so, it's yeah. so unhinged. And then Dancer gets her. And he then she's looking for Dancer. She starts looking for the gun. I she looks out. She's gone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I it just popped into my head. This drag queen who steals her muff, which by the way, is also unhinged because it's he's just like admiring her fur muff. Yeah, and steals it. And pulls it from her hand. Is he working with dancer? Am I oh, I don't assume? think so. I think we're just supposed to believe that gay people can't be trusted. This is the second <laughs> gay thief we've seen in all the That's last true. 10 or 15 minutes. Also, gay people early... are just like unhinged when they see something they like, they just fucking steal it? <laughs> exactly. They're also, right before this happened where she sees Dancer, there's a, one of the other really great lines was this gentleman who's dressed, kind, it's like a white Rastafarian, so yes. do with that what you will. <laughs> so he easy. approaches Liza and he's like, hey, me and my girl would love to have you join us as a third um, tonight in the bedroom. And then Liza goes, yeah, yeah, try the yellow pages, asshole. <laughs> yeah. And then she shimmies away. And it's, it's just great. It um, is great. And then so Dancer, she's looking for Dancer after she drops the gun. Then Dancer shows up behind her, of course, with a gun, and, with a knife in his hand. And he's basically like, easy, easy, duh. And then like he starts dancing with her with the knife in one hand, though, too. So it's because he's a dancer. So, of course... Dance and all things. And so mm-hmm. they're like doing this like pasa doble of death. And, <laughs> There's like, no thing to him that isn't a dance, you know? No, it's all about them. It's all about the music. Exactly. And like he's like, and she's just like, <laughs> as he's like dancing with her and dipping her and like playing with the knife near her body just to like let her know at any moment this whole thing could change. He says, like, I had to kill you right now, Della. And like she's just like, oh. And so <laughs> then finally Church realizes what's going on and he enters the club and he's trying to get to her because he realizes she's in, you know, imminent danger. And he's trying to get to her and she's just screaming his name to try and like let him know where she is. And she's Church, Church, Tony. As like she's being drugged out of the club and like thrown into a van and then like <laughs> And then she remembers she's wearing a wire. So she's like, she's like, we're going north. Why are we going north on Lakeshore? Like, very, so obviously, like, clearly telling someone exactly where they're and going. It, and she's like, and then later she's like, oh, I have a friend who lives at 555 North Sheridan. Can you drop me there? <laughs> yeah. No, she's like, oh, that's where my friend lives at 555 North Sheridan Road. As, <laughs> to which point Dave pointed out that's nowhere near where they are. He also pointed out <laughs> the fact that like they were go- like they're like heading for I want to say I think okay I'll tell this because I know you're okay. fucking up so <laughs> so she's being very obvious about what she is or, or where she is and she goes and she's making she's talking with um dancer and basically she realizes that he's taking her to Mr. Alexander's house and she goes that's why we're going to Lake Forest we're going to Alexander's and it's like First of all, 
<laughs> like, obviously, at this point, he realizes she's wearing a wire. But, like, the thing that I can't wrap my head around is, like, logistically, Lake Forest is, like, 45 minutes to an hour away from downtown Chicago, where they clearly are. So, like, they're going to be on this journey for, like, a fucking hour till they get to this mansion? I mean, I, I guess so. It just seems kind of unhinged that they would go that far. It's a yeah, and Dave Dave pointed out the same thing. He was like, "There," and also at one point, Tony is like on the phone trying to call for backup to get there, and then Dave says, "He's like, but yeah, that's the wrong precinct because you're no longer in Chicago. So exactly, like, you're calling Chicago police to show up in like another like police department's jurisdiction because like absolutely, you you're well in a suburb of, of Chicago now. Yeah, and not even like Evanston, like not even a suburb that like you know no, butts up against Chicago. It is um, not a close suburb at all. Dave also just chimed in and said that he says, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie was written by Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> and I would not, I, it's not, I don't think it's sensual enough quite yet, but. That's the thing. I think there would be a lot more graphic sex scenes if it was. Would it be by called Rocky like Flintstone. Della Divulged? <laughs> um, Della Dipped, maybe? Della Danced. Della. Ooh, yeah. Della Danced. That's good. That's good. Because she does love her shimmy shake shake when things are going awry. So, anyways, I also love how, just another logistical thing that, like, is annoying because we are Chicagoans, so we realize this thing. Um... Tony Church is like he's going to he's going to Mr. Alexander's place on Green Bay Drive in Lake Forest and it's like first of all it's Green Bay Road so say it right or don't say it at all I find yeah that's right and I knew that and I knew that you would knew that and I knew that you would know that I know I know that you would know exactly where Lake Forest was too I know everything Um, in this city (laughs) I run this town um, so anyways, they arrive at the Manson Lake Forest, Alexander's house, and Alexander's like, you gotta, she's, Della is now tied to a chair, and, um, he, it, Mr. Alexander's giving the money to, um, to Dancer, and he gave him, I think, he shortchanged him on the money, I can't remember how much he gave him, but he shortchanged him, and so, um, this is when Dancer decides to again for the second time in this movie shoot up everybody in the room except for Liz Minnelli and so there's this big shootout in the house Tony is on his way he called his buddy Lamar for backup Lamar and Pitts show up um, Tony shows up and um, let's see And then, like, there's this point where uh, Mr. Alexander is, like, trying to reason with Dancer. And he's like, he's like, come on, like, I won't shoot you. I'm not trying to hurt you. Like, let's just talk. And, like, he just steps from his hiding space right in front of fucking Dancer. And it doesn't have any, like, anything on him. And he just, like, Dancer just, like, has, like, what looks like an automatic rifle. I am not familiar with guns. But he just shoots the shit out of Mr. Alexander and kills him. And I was just like, that was such a dumbass move. <laughs> like, why are you trusting this fucking murderer for hire? Although he did have a gun earlier in the movie. Who did? He, I thought he did have a gun. Who? You're not telling me who. Oh, Alexander. 
He did, but then he dropped it because he was like, oh, I'm going to try to negotiate with this guy. Yeah, it's this insane man. Um, and at this, while this is going on, Liza's tied to a, a chair in the kitchen. Um, by So both of her feet are tied around the chair legs and her waist is tied around the uh, middle and Liza is crawling on the ground. I'm actually going to get, uh, we're, we'll post the clip on our IG of just yes. Liza um, <laughs> crawling. Um, it is some of the best physical acting I've ever seen in my exactly, life. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, this is Judy's daughter. Um, and she's trying to crawl and it's just, it's a hilarious um, this is why like, I unnecessary want this. moment. This is why I want, yeah, it's so unnecessary. And this is, this is what I want to be my Halloween costume, her in this outfit tied to a chair. <laughs> just... <laughs> It's so Just good. crawling around. She eventually gets out of it. Um, Tony shows up. Lamar and Pitts show up. It's so funny to me when Lamar and Pitts show up and they're outside of the house and Lamar says to Pitts, don't be a hero, Pitts, which is when I know that Pitts is like going to get... I, I, I was like, okay, Pitts is going to die for sure. He doesn't get... He doesn't die. He just gets shot in the leg. But... Um, and then there's a face-off with Tony and... Um, uh, dancer basically at the end dancer shoots Tony Burt Reynolds in the shoulder they scuffle and then Burt Reynolds ends up shoving one of those explosive devices things into the helmet that Tony is wearing which is the same helmet from the beginning of the movie it's like a motorcycle helmet and like <laughs> he the thing that kills me is that there is so he breaks free from like underneath Tony and there is so much time for him to take this explosive out of the front of his helmet but he just stands there and like shakes his head and waits for it to explode and kill him he's like no and it's like you have two working free hands right now lift that visor up and take it out but he doesn't and it kills him he knows he's like these this is the way this this part of the story ends i've got mm-hmm. i'm gonna go now um yeah and then he like and, and then right after this i think liza minnelli yells out is he dead and then one of the cops goes he ain't got no head <laughs> i missed that that's so good and um yeah so that's always yeah. a good way and of the- answering that question and i think a coroner may even write that in like on the actual like official cause of death yeah, got no he head. ain't got no head. <laughs> and then, and then we're we're the morning has broken, and we're where the paramedics are there, and everything's sort of wrapping up. One of the things I fucking noticed is that Burt Reynolds is like getting fixed up by the paramedic, and he got he got shot in the shoulder like very clearly got shot in the shoulder and in the final scene face off with Dancer and when he's getting fixed up by the paramedic he does not have that shot in his shoulder anymore all he has is like a bandage on his upper arm but nothing on his shoulder like he's totally unarmed in that spot Uh, yeah it's like we're not worried about continuity apparently no I think at this point we're probably just like trying to get through it (laughs) we're on a deadline and yeah if they had a continuity person on this movie (laughs) Um, so that was really the last thing and then you know they're back to their old you know bantering selves and um, the movie ends and they live happily ever after they're deeply in love and they're gonna make it work yeah we can feel it we can feel the love radiating from the screen 
So, Janie, I have a question. Is this a movie that you would watch again? (laughs) This is absolutely a movie I would watch again, but for all the reasons, for all the wrong reasons, I think. Or the right reasons to me, but certainly not what the filmmakers would have wanted. We would love to hear it. I would love to watch someone, like... I would love to watch our friend Patrick watch this movie because I feel like he would be. Maybe he has seen it. I don't maybe know. he's seen it before. It's a deep cut, though. It is. It is a very deep cut. Never heard of it before, but I'm, I'm big, glad I know I'm, now. I'm such a big fan of like looking up like box office bombs and actors. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like it's just the cherry on top that they want hidden, and it's like no, no, no. Let's bring this one to light. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna talk the best about are the it. ones that like aren't even being like distributed anymore. Yeah, like, oh, the ones that are faith. so difficult to find. They're like we didn't even we didn't even put this on VHS, so no, nope. don't worry about it. Um, well, but this one was beautifully presented on Amazon Prime, which was it was for free, baby. <laughs> so if you guys want to check it out, we are not sponsored by Amazon Prime, but we are willing to be. But we will say that that's where yeah, we we'll watched it. Anything. Yeah, I mean, I have no, I certainly no moral code when there's any money being thrown at me. So Jane does not have a moral code regarding <laughs> no, anything. No, no, no. So. <laughs> She'll do anything. It's sad. I love it. But yeah, um, so I am curious. Um, do you have uh, any movie that you would want me to watch? Well, I might have been uh, cooking up a doozy for you. I'm actually about to do something that has never been done in movie we missed history in the very long history that we've been around. This is this is the first one. Are you are you ready for it? When you first said I'm about to do something that's never been done, I was going to say keep your word. <laughs> Why I I I wonder what what it's like to wake up in the morning and be such a horrible bitch. Can you t- can you let me know what that's like? It's exhausting. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'll be honest. I'm out here doing the Lord's work and I'm calling people doing, out bullshit. Uh, you're actually doing the devil's work. If yeah, if I know. yeah. <laughs> Regular Mary Magdalene on my hands here, Colin. <laughs> But um yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm actually kind of excited. You're gonna do something that Okay, so this is this is a first in movie miss history. So I'm choosing a movie that we both have not seen. Oh Yeah, a little flavor for ya. Okay. And we are both next week going to be watching a small movie that we both have missed called Top Gun. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's time, baby. I, I don't know. I, I, I only thing I know about that movie is I know Charlie Sheen's in it. I think Emilio Estevez is in it. And I think that that song, Highway to the... Is from that, right? Highway I have no idea. To the oh, maybe, yeah. But also, you're forgetting Tom Cruise. Oh, I, I didn't know he was in it. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to reveal anything that I know that you might not know and vice versa. Okay. But, so, yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm excited to do it. I think it'll be fun just to see, you know, if it changes the dynamic at all. But either way, you know, people love that movie. And I think it's time I think it's time we both have seen it. I agree. Great. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Brandon, for doing this with me week after week. And thank you to everyone if you're still listening. (laughs) 
We love you. We appreciate you. If you want to keep in touch with us, you can find us at Movies We Missed on Instagram and Facebook and MWM Chat on Twitter. And we will see you next week for Top Gun. Bye. Bye. Oh! Oh! No! Oh! Oh! Oh!